Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome to the show. It's STL Soccer Report. It's episode 46. And for those who are or are not keeping track, it's about 46. I kind of um, misnamed a couple early on. Uh, and we've had a couple special episodes, but generally we're getting um, getting up close to 50, so that's kind of cool. Um, we'll see how much further we get, actually. Let's see if we even make 50. Uh, but lots been going on, uh, a lot of negativity surrounding this team right now. Understandable. Uh, there's a lot to complain about, um, but I, I kind of want to maybe pile on in a way, uh, but also maybe make us aware of, of what may be coming by just pointing out all the problems there are and, and maybe all the problems there could be because there are so many possibilities out there that um, that could be wrong. And it could be any one of them. It could be any mix of them. And so I thought it might be kind of nice to throw out all the possibilities that I can think of. And I know there's going to be more. I know I'm going to miss a bunch of them. But the things that I've been noticing personally, just things that I've been thinking about uh, that the team has been maybe messing up on or hasn't gotten right. And even, you know, most of these are going to come across as excuses for why we're not winning. Um, you can take it any way you like, honestly. But I, the, the main purpose here, I think, is is to kind of be educated watchers of the game and not educated in that I'm going to sit down and tell you guys what to watch for because I know everything. But I think if we can sit with an open mind and watch these games and think, well, this is what's wrong and this is what they could do better, or this is why this isn't happening, I think it might make us a little more understanding more so than angry. Um, But I don't know if that's true. It helps me. So uh, that's why I just decided that I thought this would be a good way to do the first part of this episode. And uh, you may or may not want to hang around for the last part of the episode. Uh, there's there's a bit coming at the end. But the main beef of this podcast is talking about all the problems slash excuses, um, perhaps, that St. Louis FC has been facing this season. Um, let's just get right into it. Okay, I think... I didn't necessarily rank these, but the first one here, I think, is is the thing that has been plaguing us uh, all season, and that is chances created. I don't think this team, you know, early on we, we heard, and I've said it a million times, that this team was going to take a long time to get acclimated into the system. Precky has a system, and it's a difficult form of football to be... Um, to be largely successful in unless you have a team like Barcelona or Real Madrid or, you know, Bayern Munich, these teams that are just head and shoulders above talent-wise, above other teams. Uh, Now, I know a lot of people think this team is super talented, and it might be. Um, It's definitely not proven at this point, so I'm going to assume no until it's proven otherwise. And so... When you're wanting to kind of play the ball out of the back, you want to keep the ball on the ground and win perhaps partially through possession, um, that takes a lot of talent. And perhaps we're not there in the proof in that, I think, or the evidence in that might be that we're not getting chances. Okay, Uh, a lot of blame can be thrown around here. Let's start with the one that is uncontrollable, and that's injuries. Okay, tons of injuries. We just got our team back a few weeks ago, but we've had no games to play. I mean, plenty of practices, plenty of training sessions. Um, So maybe that kills the excuse right there. But um, no games, you know, it's it's easy to look good in practice. 
Um, it's a lot harder. It's a whole other story to take that and translate it into game time. And so these chances, Valeski's not getting too many chances per game. Um, there's no stats that I've been able to find uh, that kind of give a layout of the chances he's had and the conversion rate. Um, but, you know, it's it's not the chances aren't happening as often as they should be uh, an offense that's clicking an offense that, you know, we expected from a Precky team that will create many chances and, and be able to put those away. Isn't happening. And I think that's number one. Can some of that blame go to Valeski for not maybe getting himself in the right position slash Angulo? Uh, perhaps um, I would say some evidence counter to that. Uh, again, none of this is proof, but just maybe Perhaps this is something that shows that these guys aren't getting the service they would like or need. Um, is that Angulo's goals, for the most part, have been him taking... A lot of them have been him taking the game into his own hands, shooting from outside the box. And the, guys can, the guy can be a sniper in that way, and thank goodness. Um, he's, in some ways, bailed us out of some of our Open Cup games by shooting these long balls outside the box when he gets the opportunity. And thank goodness. Um, but, you know, a lot of Angulo's goals, I'd say majority of them are not through um, play, through the middle. So um, Valeski's a lot of times have been. Um, and so do we blame just them? I don't think so. Um, I'm kind of wanting to look at the midfield uh, the most. And, and, and if you look at injuries, if we're going to talk about injuries, I think the first person we can think of is, is Ivan Mirkovic. And um, this is a guy that Preki's always had him. I mean, well, since Sacramento, I should say. So he didn't have him with Chivas. He didn't have him in Toronto. Um, but since Sacramento, he's had a guy, he's had Ivan, Ivan. And uh, this is a guy that I think is central to uh, the way that we play. I do think Stoikov is doing his best Mirkovich impression, if you want to call it that. I think he is a player that's really sim- uh, similar to Ivan. But um, we just, I think it's clear to everyone out there that in this system, Stoikov and Mirkovic together are just a force to be reckoned with. And I think it's, it's the best we see because they are that combination of hard work and determination, don't want to let anyone down, and, and they, they seem very determined to win or, or bust. Uh, they're not afraid to put in hard tackles, which makes people, the opponent, think twice. They're both very fast, something that I think Tyler David has all those qualities, plus some more that these guys have, but he's not as fast as them. So I think that's something we miss when he's in instead of Mirkovich, perhaps. Uh, Tony Walls doesn't quite fit into that mold either. He's somewhere between Tyler and those two, perhaps. Um, but obviously, Mirkovich and Stoikov are good defenders on top of all the other things. And then the passing. Um, that they can do. I, I do think Tyler might be a little better in that way, but those two are good enough with all of those talents combined um, to equal something much, much better, uh, in my opinion, than we've seen all season without Ivan in the midfield uh, since he went out in the first home game there. And so we've looked for replacements. We can't blame the team for not trying to find people in uh, Tony Walls, who's looked good in certain moments. I know Amir has has been here since the beginning of the season, but throwing him in there I thought was a really good idea. Um I like him on the tack and and he is no um you know, he's he's someone who does well in defense. 
so we've had these guys that we've pulled up that have filled some some roles that have filled some holes. Um, but it's not Ivan. It's just I don't know what it is exactly, but I think sincerely, I think he's he's been coming back to training. The team showed that on Twitter. And I really truly would not doubt this team getting turned around with the return of Ivan Mirkovic. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I would put I would put a decent amount of faith in, in that possibility uh, coinciding with the turnaround on this team and wins and, and good play. Um, let's talk about positioning and other replacements. Gu, uh, Guzman, Octavio Guzman, is, is another guy who's been filling in in the midfield, um, maybe playing centrally more often. But he's a guy that's just been moved around the field like crazy. Um, a lot of people have been saying that they think Guzman is, is really good and really talented. And I 100% agreed with that back in preseason. His game in Swope Park, uh, against Swope Park, but in Columbia at Mizzou's campus, um, he really shone. And he, he did really well, scored a goal. He was the first right winger to actually stand out and look really good on the right side all preseason. Uh, the left side looked really good all preseason, but the right side just, he was a, a position that kind of disappeared uh, with Sheldon right behind him. And uh, Guzman was the first one to kind of do well in that position. And um, since then, he hasn't always started. He hasn't gotten playing time. And I think some people were confused about that. But, you know, I was thinking back to when he was with Sacramento Republic. Um, he wasn't a starter when St. Louis played them. And so I started wondering, maybe for Precky, Guzman's not a consistent starter. He's a guy that you fill in for a certain role in, in different times. Um, but I'm not sure Guzman's a starter. And I think he's catching a lot of heat for uh, the game against Cincinnati. Uh, a lot of mistakes, a lot of bad passes um, from Octavio. He just had a really bad game. I, I don't think that that's how bad he is in general. So I don't think that's something we should just blame him for and... and, and take him out of the starting 11 and this and even the bench starting eight, you know, the, the list at 18 completely. No, I totally don't think that's the case here. And I want to defend him a little bit longer after I've said that I don't think he's a starter, perhaps uh, every game starter. Um, I want to defend him, even though I am going off on him for a second here in that, you know, there's been a lot of formations. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Preki's used different formations throughout the season, which is fun to watch. Uh, but the guy who's had to change the most, the guy who's had to be that Swiss Army knife the most has been Guzman, also Tyler David. But Guzman, when we played the 3-4-3 against uh, Orlando City B, he was the third striker, some sometimes striker um, in that situation. And then at halftime, we switched back to a normal 4-4-2 for the most part. Um, you know, there's moving parts all over the place with these formations, so they're not laying in stone, but Guzman was a striker there. Um, he's typically a winger slash, you know, cutting and in, folding inside, or he can be a midfielder alongside someone like Stoikov or Mirkovic. Um, and then in, uh, in uh, Cincinnati, he was asked to play in the 3-4-3 again. He was asked to play a wingback role on the right side. And it didn't work for him. Um, I don't know the reason. I'm not even going to try to give a reason why he played badly that game. Again, it could have been something just random, bad game. Everyone's got him. Uh, 
but perhaps it was him moving around so much and, and having to play all these different roles. I don't know how long the team trained on that 3-4-3 formation. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. But that can lead us to uh, the formations. There have been many. We haven't stuck with the 3-4-3 other than in Cincinnati in any game that I've seen uh, for you know longer than you know the entire game, rather. So... In this case, we stuck with it. Um, a lot of tinkering, okay? And and that's awesome. And like I said, it's really fun to watch in Orlando City B. In Orlando, you know, they, they called it off at halftime because it wasn't working. And I thought, you know, that's great. That's not, he's not going to push um, the envelope on trying to overthink things. He was willing to go back to what was comfortable when it wasn't working. That's really great. Preki's made a lot of good um, changes mid-game. You know, the, the Wichita game, I truly believe that game, if, if you don't include the ref, um, I truly believe that game was won by Preki making all the right moves at the right time. Uh, he really killed it on that game. But um, I'm, it, it's got to be hard to always have these different formations and different looks all the time. And, you know, on top of that, with the injuries that I didn't mention this before, but it's hard for also a team to, to meld, to do really well and figure each other out, know each other inside it out. When, you know, we, not only do we have different guys playing in different places all the time, different formations in general. Um, we talked about that back line, not being secure until more recently. It seems it's, it's pretty secure as far as who's going to be starting. Uh, but it's just been a rotation of players all year long. And I think part of that is because Preki does want to run his guys really hard and he expects them to kind of rotate in and out. Um, but perhaps that's hurting us. A team that isn't figuring things out, isn't creating chances, isn't knowing all each, you know, each player isn't knowing the other player in and out. Uh, perhaps that rotation has been hurting us. Uh, another question is, what is our starting 11? If we were to put out our best every single game, what has that been? In my opinion, I, I had these opinions about saying, well, you know, our starting 11 is what we saw against the fire. Um, but then I talked to Matt Spearman and he says, no, Preki prefers the league games more so than the Open Cup games. So maybe perhaps Preki thought the Bethlehem Steel game was our starting 11, which I thought was a bit confusing because I don't know. It just surprised the crap out of me because what I would have guessed the starting 11 was what we put up against the fire and um, it's hard to tell, you know, in Cincinnati what our starting 11 is when it's a different formation. But, um, you know, if I can see Bjurman and, um, pardon me, Bjurman and Dalgard, obviously Stoikov, mystery, other center midfielder, um, those four across the middle are who I expect, you know, in a starting 11. Angulo and Valeski at this point, you know, since um, Milan is hurt, I would expect those two up top. I would expect Cavalcetta in the back with either Plua or Cochran. Cochran's been really shining and has seems to have really figured things out recently. Uh, Charpie seems to be our starting fullback. Uh, starting other fullback, who's that? Uh, Sheldon has not seen the pitch for a while now. And while... I was really impressed with his pushing forward all the time as a fullback in preseason. Uh, the guy has kind of not, he's not done anything to prove his worth, perhaps. Defensively, he's solid. I won't go off on him on that, but 
Um, I, ne I haven't necessarily seen a cross and in an assist. I haven't seen tons of 1v1, him beating some guys. Um, I've seen that from Sharpie, and the guy deserves to start every single game, in my opinion, without wearing him out. Um, Aiden's gotten some looks. Ryan Howe's gotten a few more chances after some some bad first few games there. Uh, but perhaps Preki hasn't figured out our starting 11, perhaps still. Um, like I said, these are all excuses or things to look for as we move forward in the next few games. And I think that starting 11 should be maybe one of the top things we should look for uh, in trying to figure out what Preki's thinking. Uh, another reason we may not have seen a starting 11, not just rotating guys in and out, is we don't know what's happening in training. We don't know who's having a crazy good week and just deserved, you know, and was, was rewarded with a start, you know, in each week. So maybe some of the confusing starts where we're like, oh, I didn't expect him, didn't expect him. Those guys just performed really well in training that week and, and they deserved a start. Uh, Preki has said that he rewards guys who who practice well and he basically inferred by saying that, that if they don't put in 100% in, in training all week, then perhaps they get benched. So um, there comes a time we start to wonder, is that the best way to do things? I like it. I think it's probably the right way to go about things. But now we're starting to see tons of losses. We're starting to see us in 11th place, um, getting toward the bottom of the table way out of, you know, not as far as points, but still pretty well out of contention for the playoffs at this moment. It's not too late yet. And I still truly think, I'm listing off all bad things, but I truly think we are two games away from this team without Mirkovic having their chances. I still am not sold that they've had time to get to know each other after all the guys from injury came back. Um, and so I'm giving me personally, no one else has to do this by any means. I'm, I'm interested to see, to hear from you, perhaps why you think I'm wrong or, or right even. Uh, but though I doubt anyone's going to say I'm right. Uh, those people just kind of nod their head, listening to the podcast and listen to the next one. Uh, but I'd love to hear any thoughts in the, in the, in this regard as to, you know, what you think is going on this season and whether you think two games is too much to give at this point. But personally, after the injuries, we haven't had enough games in a row. We're about to get piled on with games. And so perhaps we can get a good run, get a good vibe going game after game after game, get on a roll, get a couple wins. Um, Red Bull 2's looked bad, and maybe we can capitalize on that. We have Rochester at home. And then, you know, from that point on, I truly think after the Rochester game, I hope for a win in Rochester. I'm looking for a win in, uh, against Rochester at home, who isn't the Rochester of old, though they've been improving. Um, we need a win there. And, and we need a win not just for the table, not just for the points, um, but, but to prove that we can do it and we can start going on a roll. Uh, maybe we can pull off something like Bethlehem Steel even has done, which is you know five wins recently, three of them were away. That's really impressive play. If that's something St. Louis can start pulling off late in the season, uh, it's not necessarily to the point where we can accept away draws anymore. We're going to have to start stealing a couple away wins and always winning at home um, to catch up, okay? To get back into the, the playoff, just slip into that playoff line. It's not too late. And um, I've been hearing a lot of negativity, and that's what we're going to talk about next. So, 
Um, send your emails to stlsoccerreport at gmail.com. I think y'all know that I'm on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me there pretty obviously. And so hit me up with what you think about this. And I just like to get a conversation going. Most of all, I truly think these boys deserve a little bit more slack, just a tiny bit more slack before we go off on them. And um, I think once that Rochester game happens, if it's two more losses, um, I'm going to join in. Okay, I'm going to pile on and, and perhaps we can call um, call some players and, and, and Jeremy Allen Vaughn actually have a talk about it and see, see what's happening. Uh, but until then, I'm still keeping my cool. I'm not freaking out. And um, I'd like to encourage everybody else to give them two more games. At least, maybe you guys think they deserve more, and I'd love to hear that too. All right, that's it. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with uh, a, a bit of a response to what's been going on with me lately. Thank you for listening. See you in a few seconds. All right. It's it's time. Let's talk about Twitter. All right. We're adults and we're about to talk about Twitter. Let me walk you through what happened in Cincinnati. I got to Cincinnati. First of all, I I bought my ticket way ahead of time and I got my hopes up really high uh, for multiple reasons about the St. Louis showing. Okay. I went on the portal and I bought my ticket and it showed two sections were available. And so I looked at one section I was trying to get into and it was, it was all redded out. And the other section was about, you know, a fifth of it was filled, uh, that I wasn't allowed to take any tickets for. So I see this and I think, Oh my gosh, the Luligans are going to kill it again. Just like Louisville, excuse me. I got really excited <clears throat> because when we get a lot of Luligans in one spot, a lot of St. Louis fans, it's it's the best thing on the planet. It's 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 what I look forward to the most. Chicago, the Chicago Fire game was insane. It was so much fun. Um so this is what I'm expecting wrongly, obviously. Um I'm even talking to the the Cincinnati Soccer Talk guys before thinking, telling them this, saying, oh my gosh, online it looked like everything was full in one section and then part of another section. They're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And so I'm expecting craziness. I get into this stadium, I see tons of people getting together. It's just like almost the atmosphere you feel at a Mizzou football game, to be honest with you. It's almost that big and it's, it's rowdy. There's people everywhere. It's a little crowded. The lines are long to get in. And it's a nice stadium. It's got some cool architecture, too. So I was getting really hyped. Um, people were nice, despite what I expected. Um, and so uh, that's something I should talk about another time. But um, I get into the stadium around the corner. I don't see this section until I hit it. You know, I can't see it until I'm actually at the top row of this section. And I see a few people at the bottom. And I think, oh, gosh, they're not here yet. And I find out. You know, I text Spencer and I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm here. And I look down and I see him and my face just drops. I was just, I had, I was so disappointed and perhaps wrongly so. Okay. A lot of you are saying immediately, yes, you're wrong. You're an idiot. Let's talk this through a little bit before we say that. Um, 
let's also not kid ourselves. I think everybody knows um, how the Luligan leadership feels about me. It's really super obvious on Twitter. Um, and so immediately when my face dropped, I think, I thought these guys were going to kill it. I thought these guys were going to do so well. I was so excited. So I immediately think back to what the Luligan podcast has been lately. And I think of the the leadership, the guys that are on the podcast. Lately, a lot of their podcasts have been talking about the team's bad. And no wonder the attendance is bad. Who wants to go to these games while they're losing? And while there may be some truth in that, it, it's... It's a thought process that I think is is damaging to the team, and I think it's somewhat dangerous for a support group to to be throwing out there, even if they don't mean this is an excuse to not go to games. No one goes to games. But, you know, the same time talking about Cincinnati, it was really lackluster in the excitement to try to get down to, up to Cincinnati to see this game. Um, it was kind of talked about right after they went off on the team, and and then I saw this empty section and I got bitter immediately about, you know, just our interactions in the past, of course. And so I saw red and I started lashing out thinking, I'm going to play what I view their game, which is attack, 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 hit someone hard when they disagree with you. And man, I, I just, I felt so strongly about it and I went way overboard and, um, I didn't get my point across, which is the worst part about it. And so that's what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about what I meant by this. And the main point here is support groups walk an interesting line. Um, they have a podcast. They want to talk about soccer just like I do. It's it's all, you know, it's kind of funny that um, things are the way they are because we want the same things. We're both nerding about nerding out about the same team. We want this team to do well. We want St. Louis soccer to excel to the greatest potential it can be. Um, but, you know, that's what they're pushing for. But at the same time, they want to talk about the soccer, like I said. And while part of talking about soccer is going off on the team, I actually think that's fine. I think that's good. I think they should do that, even if it's like out of place. I think, you know, like they get a lot of views when they talk bad about the team because we all share in that sadness and that frustration. I totally get that. They should always, always, always do that. Um, but I think this um, perhaps fair weather argument, this argument that if the team is bad, no one should go. Well, that not may not be what they're saying. That may not even be what they mean. Um, but to talk about it in a way that almost allows Luligans part of their group to feel like that's a reason to not go to an away game. Um, to me, that's damaging. To me, that's bad. To me, that's something a quote supporter group shouldn't maybe do. I probably supporter groups do it all over the world. And so in that way, I'm probably wrong. But in my opinion, in, in St. Louis, in this soccer town, this town with history, with blood, with you know, all the things we want to be, is it acceptable to say the team keeps losing so I don't want to go? I get that you don't want to go. How much do you love your team? How much do you love your city? To me, personally, it doesn't matter, okay? 
Now, I haven't been around as long as them, okay? So that's maybe four years easier uh, for me to say um, than them. And maybe in four years, I'll be a lot more bitter if this keeps going. And um, I'm not trying to condemn them, but maybe I would like to challenge them to think twice about the extent that they're talking about attendance and not going to games. Um, Because I got a lot of replies that day. My responses were terrible, but I did get a lot of replies saying, why should I go? They keep losing. Um, That's where I'm going to put my foot down and say, I disagree. We'll never agree if that's what you feel. Um, And I think we can agree to disagree without hating each other, Um, especially if I'm not ever going to uh, try and be as emotionally ridiculous on that Twitter account as I was, Um, which again, I don't know if I said this, I'm never doing that again. It's not like me. I didn't feel good about myself after I did it. And it's better for me. It's better for everyone if I never do that again. And that's something I'm going to say, I promise never again. That's never going to happen. I think private conversations are always better than calling people out on Twitter. I think even emails and private messages are, are better than than Twitter and Facebook itself. And so I welcome that. Um, some other things I want to clear up before we go on is never once did I ever feel that if someone had work or family or anything that was getting in the way of going to Cincinnati, money is a big one. Okay, never once did I intend to imply that that was something that someone should get over and fix. Okay, I get all of those things. The reason I'm not at home games is literally because I have three jobs in a business that I have to support. And the third job that happens to be on Friday and Saturday nights literally supports me uh, through the stuff I have to do for owning my own business. Okay, I get it. That's perhaps to some of you, that's not a good enough excuse. I'm sorry, Uh, but I still want to do this blog. I still want to talk about this and anyone is welcome to do that. And you don't even you don't have to listen Um, I have no idea how many people listen to this. I truly don't. Uh, But here I am because I love this team. I love this game. I love this city. Okay. And so that's my final point here. I'm going to finish with FC Cincinnati is doing it right. Keep in mind, they've had many failings in the past. I think I saw a tweet saying that there have been four failed division three or four uh, I think it's just Division Four teams in Cincinnati prior to this. And why did this one work? We could talk about that, okay? Um, I think the more important thing at this point in the podcast is that St. Louis needs to get to that point, um, and that should be the goal. Again, Luligan's STL Soccer Report, This Is Silly podcast, all of us, people sitting on the side of the stands, it's a little nicer, the people sitting to the other side of the stadium from where the Luligans sit, from Section 8 and Section 9. We all want the same thing, and we all need to push harder and harder and harder to get bigger. We can do this Cincinnati thing. Maybe the situation isn't perfect right this second. Maybe even St. Louis FC isn't the final end game of how this works out in St. Louis, but it could happen. Okay, and that's all I want. It's all I want. And so a little criticism here and there when done correctly, I think is good for everybody. I think it's good for Luligans to be open to perhaps other options, other thoughts, ways of thought. And I don't think it's hurtful for someone like me to come out in the right way to say these may be some things you should think twice about doing. 
And I wouldn't be saying that if I didn't act that out in real life. Lord knows, everyone knows how many mistakes I've made and how bad I've been. I've improved, okay? Nowhere near enough, okay? And I'm not done. I'm going to keep improving. Again, this is a podcast I do because I love to talk about this game and you don't have to listen. And I understand if you don't. And I understand if you hate me for what I've done in the past. That's fine. I'll take all the heat for that uh, that I deserve. Um, And maybe that means no one trusts me again. Again, you don't have to listen. But here I am saying we all as a city, as a soccer fandom in St. Louis, need to push for the best in our city. And that could be any number of things. Uh, But Cincinnati is what we should aim for. They've they've got it right. Um, They've been rewarded with um, a good team, with a coach who seems to be improving this team that had a terrible start. They're rewarded with good attendance. They're rewarded with, for goodness sake, either they or another Division II team are going to the Open Cup Final. It's exciting stuff. And this is stuff that St. Louis FC could have in our future. And I tell you what, would Cincinnati be on the level they were without the crowd that they have? 5,000 is great. You know, 5,800 is great for an Open Cup game. But when do we get more for a regular game? Okay. You know, we should be selling out whether we're losing or winning because if we sell out when we're losing, how much better will it be when we're winning? It happens. Okay. Things grow. And um, it's only going to get better if we kind of put some some money, some faith in our team, even if it's not deserved. I'm that big of a fan and that big of a geek that I want to give it a chance. Okay, enough. Um, I'm going to finish with this thought right here. Excuses, excuses, excuses. There's no way I covered everything um, that I did wrong or right um, with this Cincinnati situation. And um, I did my best. And here I am. I would love to hear comments, good or bad at stlsoccerreport at gmail.com. You can private message me on Twitter, I believe, as well, um, with the STL Soccer Report account, uh, the Facebook account. You can find me on Twitter uh, personally at Phil Grooms, P-H-I-L-L-G-R-O-O-M-S. Let me know what you think. If you want to come on the show, I don't care who comes on here. Um, You can even go off if you want. Um, I'm welcoming anyone and anyone uh, everyone and anyone to uh, express their uh, their thoughts um, on the show if they like, because this is all I got. All right. Red Bulls on Saturday, which is tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening, or perhaps it already happened. So uh, I'll be watching. Uh, my brother-in-law is going to be there. Um, Rochester Rhinos on Wednesday, the makeup game. I will be there as well. Looking forward to God help us. I hope it's a win. And uh, I imagine we'll do some kind of a follow-up to that as Brendan Doherty seems to be retiring from the analyst business in Rochester. And he was my guy. So I won't be talking to him before that game, but tune in after Rochester if you like. Uh, Don't if you don't. Uh, Thank you for listening either way. And and, uh, hopefully, thank you for listening with an open mind tonight. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, 
Facebook, bgn.fm, and stlsoccerreport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to stlsoccerreport at gmail.com.